Welcome to Brussels Bubble Tea, a podcast that aims to explore all the questions related to the life in the EU bubble. Today, we have a very special episode with three of our colleagues who share their experience of working in a consultancy with a chronic disease or disability. Let me introduce you to our guests today. I have here Anaïs. Hi, Annie. I'm Anaïs. I'm a director in the energy and industrials team here at FTI, and I've been with, with the company for more than six years. Thank you. Philip? Hi, I'm Philip. Uh, I'm creative director at FTI Brussels, and I've been here over eight years now. Thank you. And then we'll finish with Jade. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm Jade. Um, I'm a consultant in the financial services team, and I've been here for seven, eight months. So, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> the newbie. <laughs> Thank you, guys. So let's start with the first question. So I wanted to check with you, how does it work in your daily life? Do you actually talk about your chronic disease or disability? And if you do, would everyone or you, you know, you know, which audience would be more, you know, receptive to this? And then to what extent, how much do you share about it? Um, I, I will, I will start. Um, I think it really depends on the audience for sure. With my family, it's very easy because my mom always asks me, uh, you know, use from what's happening. But also with my friends, uh, my boyfriends, it's something that has become quite easy. But at the start, of course, it was complicated to understand how to talk about it, how to make them understand what's happening. That's, I think, the most complicated thing um, to talk about is what are the symptoms? What does that mean? And for the other uh, in front of you, what can I, you know, what can you do for me? Because I had a lot of questions about how can I help you? Well, at the start, I didn't know. So it took me quite some time to understand how uh, other people could help. So I would say, yeah. Maybe could you tell us in short what chronic disease or disability you actually have? Of course. So that our audience understands. Um, So I have a chronic disease that's called multiple sclerosis. It's uh, located in the neurosystem of of my brain. I'm not going to go into details. Yeah, of course, uh, just in short so that people understand. So basically um, the main symptoms are, um, you know, brain fog, uh, an ability to walk properly, an ability to talk properly. Um, so yeah, that's, that's and other internal symptoms as well. Okay, that's thank you. Uh, maybe let's move to Philip. Hi, hello. Um, Hi. Yeah, so um, for me, it's a bit different. Um, uh, I uh, have a diagnosis of ADD, so attention deficit mm-hmm. disorder, which is something quite different. Um, outside of FTI, I'm quite open about it. Uh, outside of my, you know, professional mm-hmm. work mm-hmm. environment. Why? Because um, I, I think there's a bit too much of a stigma about it or some stereotypes. And but so, we talk more and more about it. I, I'm hearing more, at least more and more. Yes, on, well, I, I made the switch at uh, yeah. talking about it at FTI, partly because this topic came up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt like, you know, especially because it's something that isn't talked about a lot, uh, that it would be good, you know, to, to broaden the conversation and then add my perspective, my voice, mm-hmm. basically. Um so my main reason to talk about it is because I, I feel that it isn't talked about enough and people mm-hmm. are a bit too hesitant, too shy, etc., to open up about stuff like that. And everybody's different. Um, but, you know, if people don't voice that, don't talk about it, you know, then, then it all stays quite bland and same and below the level. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Thank you. Anais, we'll finish with you. Yeah. Um, so I've been diagnosed with um, a rare genetic disease when I was um, 16. 
and it implies a lot of other diseases um, um, that I have to deal with on a daily basis. And uh, yeah, unlike unlike Philip and Jade, I do not talk about it. Uh, it's actually the first time I'm publicly talking about it. <laughs> You're very brave, guys. Uh, yeah. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't talk about it. Even with family and friends, you know, they're aware, of course, that I get the usual, how are you doing question. Mm. Uh, but I'm very, um, I would not say shy, but I would say I'm very discreet about it. Mm-hmm. Um, Uh, it's also a topic that I really had a hard time to be um, comfortable with for a very long time. So uh, when I joined FTI, I was 24 years old. Um, I, it was my first job and I didn't want uh, a special treatment or mm-hmm. anything. So I was like, I'm not saying anything. Um, I'll just uh, I'll just work hard and do my job, you know, the best way possible and uh, and in your daily life how does it work when you, when you meet new people outside work do you are you kind of um, open to talk about it or is it also something that you don't want to share from the get-go yeah um, I usually don't don't speak about it people don't cannot really see it you know uh-huh. physically or anything it's it's a hidden disease that's what we call it so people cannot really um, see that it's not obvious um, but if people ask questions because I have a uh, I have diabetes so I have a captor on, on my arm and if people ask questions I'm happy to talk about it but it will not be a natural way okay. for me to really like, hey <laughs> it's just true. so you know because <laughs> for instance I had seen it yeah but I've never asked because also I didn't know about it. because for me you know when you have diabetes it's usually you know it's it's the the other way you know you just uh, take it on your finger and yeah. then, but it, this for me was also like a, a new thing like I was like wow yeah. this is this is amazing that they, you know they <laughs> you know they you know? exactly <laughs> so I also learned for instance when uh, you know at some point when you talked uh, yeah. about it because I didn't ask you I think but I also noticed I was like okay well you know each of their own you know I'm not going to ask people's questions yeah, yeah. people questions but yeah thank you so much um But as I heard some actually Philip and Anais you said at first you don't share But then, you know, it's, is it because you feel like you have a privileged position when people know about it or you're kind of the victim? Do you think that changes people's vision of you? Do you think they see you differently once they know about it? Obviously not at work, but maybe maybe as also at work, but also like in your daily life. Once you've to- talked about it, does it change people's vision of who you are? I don't think it does. I don't think people see you differently. But uh, when I started, I was very and confident and so I didn't want people to see me we- as weaker mm-hmm. as I was mm-hmm. and I think it's not about being privileged or having uh, uh, or it's, it was really about I don't want people to see me as weaker I don't want people to ask me to work as much as the others because they will differently, f- right? exactly, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. so um, there's this thing of I'm going to work hard I'm going to show them that you know I'm uh, as competent and I can take as much workload as everyone else um, Also to show that we are resilient people, uh, and you can you can live with chronic disease, but um, uh, still do your job like mm-hmm. everyone else. Yeah. That's a great message. But if- yeah, if I can jump in, because I think it's sometimes a bit of a fine line, indeed. Because mm-hmm. on the one hand, you know, we're all just uh, like employees, you know, same as everybody else, um, uh, and you don't want to be seen as different. Definitely not. Uh, and so you also don't want to be seen as making excuses exactly. or like, you know, because, mm-hmm. um, yeah, there's a lot of stereotypes about these kind of things. Uh, and it's easier to not, you know, mention it. And then, you know, those stereotypes don't apply to you. Mm-hmm. You don't have to deal with that. Uh, but on the other hand, you know, um, everybody's different. And then, you know, everybody as an employee here um, or like as a consultant in, in the sector, um, 
is here to do the best they can do. Mm -hmm. uh, so talking about it does allow to um, to be a bit clear about like uh, saying like what works for you and doesn't work for you to do your job the best you can do basically. Because mm -hmm. uh, not everybody's the same. So yeah, like, that, you know, that will be actually yeah. we'll explore this question uh, in the next part of the of the podcast yeah, actually. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, no, thank you for sharing. It's just typical ADD. Right? <laughs> Jake, do you want to add something about this? Um, I think that we're going to jump in, in in the second part about this. But I was very um, uh, vocal about it from the start, from it's my true. interview yeah. process. Mm -hmm. um, and I was actually quite scared of, of the, the, rap the reaction during the interview and afterwards. But it was, I, we're going to develop afterwards, but such a positive reaction. Um, I was really surprised and, and, and very happy and very glad. Um, so, so yeah, I, I've always been very vocal about it. I think that's also part of a personality uh, perspective in the sense that if you're someone that's more of an introvert, maybe you're not going to shout that mm -hmm. <laughs> you're sick. Uh, but I'm an extrovert person and, and I needed to talk about it, to be vocal and to make people understand what it was. Uh, so you didn't think that, you know, that they will give you a different treatment and you didn't really think like that to that extent or well, I, I, you still took that into account? I, I did. Uh, for me, it was more of, a matter of I don't want to be privileged mm -hmm. um, because I was always thinking I, I'm also young I'm 25 years old I just arrived uh, at FTI eight months ago so I was an intern back then it was it was I didn't want to be perceived by my teammates as okay she's um, um, she's you know uh, the, the boss's uh, little thing she's yeah favorite or whatever yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah. that was more of my of my issue okay. but then we can, we can yeah. move on to the second part. Yeah. Uh, I was really well treated. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so as we mentioned, so we're going to move to the second part of, of, of this podcast, which is actually focusing on how to deal with a chronic disease or a disability, but at work specifically. And obviously here at work will be at FTI in a consultancy, which is a very fast paced environment. And that's where actually we will be curious to know how you guys managed to, to, you know, to adapt to this. And did you find, you know, new techniques, how to, you know, to make your life easier, but also to, to make sure that your colleagues are not impacted by your, um, by your chronic disease or disability. Yeah. I'd like to start with Jade, because as you already mentioned, you 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 actually from the get go you you opened up about this so you you talked about your disease yeah. chronic disease and so how did the company react to that how did your manager react to that yeah, um, yeah that's that's a, that's a great question um, so at the beginning there was no system put in place mm -hmm. uh, because I I was very new to the consultancy sector to the public affairs sector so I didn't know how was going to come to me right. But after, after a few months, I needed to start a new treatment. And as you guys know, treatments quite, are quite mm -hmm, heavy. Mm -hmm. um, and I was afraid of not being able to be at my top level. Um, so you had to be work. maybe absent, right? Go to, to the hospital and Th yeah, that, that was check out. the beginning very easy mm -hmm. in the sense of I was just flooding. And also FTA is quite uh, flexible about, you know, uh, working hours and working environment. So that was the easiest part. Uh, but when I had to start the new treatment, I was quite scared about it. And I reached out to my boss. Um, and I remember I just I just grabbed her for two minutes. I was like, OK, I'm going to start a new treatment. It's mm -hmm. going to be complicated. I'm going to have a lot of side effects. Can we talk about it? And she was super, super um, available. Mm -hmm. We had a chat afterwards for an hour with my boss and my um, supervisor, let's say, let's say that way. Mm -hmm. 
And that's where she had a great idea. That's what, that was her idea of putting a light system in place. Traffic light, right? Traffic yeah, light. yeah mm-hmm. thank you. So green, yellow, mm-hmm. and red. Um, what does that mean? The green light is when everything is all right. I'm, I can perform at my best because I'm, I'm okay, I'm rested. Uh, everything's okay. No side effects. No too many side effects, right? The yellow, um, the yellow light is when I'm feeling, I'm sensing that it could go red. It, mm-hmm. it could be, uh, it, it could not work. Um, and I have to pay attention to how many hours, how else do I work? How many things I'm taking on me, the workload, mm-hmm. uh, because it changes over time, right? Exactly. Uh, and the red is when I'm not able to do anything. I can work just one hour, two mm-hmm. hours tops for uh for different matters. May I ask you what yes. color we're today? We're yellow today. Okay, <laughs> so we'll take that's it. Why, we'll take why. it easy. We'll uh, take it easy. Said that. Thank you, but that, that's okay. I'm super happy to do this. But mm-hmm. it's it's why also my voice is a bit uh, shaky. There is stress, of course. But um, so yeah. So the red is when I'm not able to do anything properly, right? At the beginning, it's it was hard for me to establish what I could and not do, mm-hmm. um, what I could do and not do during the green and the light moments. Um, so it took me quite some time to say, okay, now I know that the urgency could be dealt with in the green light system. When I'm yellow, I could deal with some urgencies that require not an EOD uh, end of day deadline, but more of like the morning after, for mm-hmm. instance, uh, when I'm red, no urgency at all, uh, more of long-term projects. Uh, but that's, for instance, something that took me time. To, to and it's working now, right? It's working very well. It's working very well. Everyone is accepting the light system super um, in, in a great manner. Actually, my boss decided to say it during an, um, a team meeting. Yeah. So I was not the one saying it. And I think that's an important point that I, I would like you guys to, to react to this. Um, she took on the, the weight of saying it to others. Because I think that's really something that... You it didn't come from you, right? No. It came from, from it a, came a from different her. person, right? Of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, many of my colleagues already knew because uh, we also mm-hmm. do a lot of things together and we became friends. But for the majority of them, it was my boss telling everyone, okay, that is Jay's, you know, um, uh, chronic disease. She has a light system. This is our job to respect her and mm-hmm. to help her um, uh, in, in that system. So she's going to flag green, yellow, red, that means this, this, and that. Um, and we're going to help her through the, the uh, yeah. way. So and that's been working. working. Perfect. And that's working. That's, just that's great to hear. Exactly. Yeah. That's great to hear. So, Philip uh, Bananais, what's your opinion? So ha- have you had this type of system or have you actually talked about it? Um, well, for me, it's different since only, I only talked about it, mentioned it internally for the first time. A month or two ago, I guess. Yes. That was to you when you exactly. talked about this topic, Annie, and then yeah. also to my like supervisor uh, when we had the um, the review talk afterwards. Because, uh, and I, I wasn't actually even sure if I had mentioned it or not at that point. Uh, but also, like this is also not my first job. I worked at you know a couple of advertising agencies mm-hmm. prior to this, mm-hmm. and so you know you make do, you learn to manage, you you know you find your own way of working basically in that sense. Um, but um, uh, I do think, like, you know, hearing from what Jade said, like, you know, it is useful to, to flag it internally, mm-hmm. think about it now, because it helps other people also put things in certain perspective exactly. or context sometimes, so they know why 
you do some things differently or yeah, why, why, are you, why are you taking more time maybe why or you why you know sometimes exactly. certain jobs yeah. and not other jobs why yeah. excel in this and not mm -hmm. in that um, and then I think but that's also opening it up broader it's something that you know it's good for people to do overall in the workspace because everybody's different yeah. and you know the the workplace systems also school systems typically are like one size fits all it's true mm -hmm. uh, but everybody's different so mm -hmm. like you know so that means that like if it works for the majority of people there's going to be a segment of people who it, it's not built to fit for you know it doesn't mm -hmm. work as well for them uh and then to try and force them to, to follow that you know that system that general system is not going to allow them to, to excel is not going to allow them to, to to live up to their potential mm -hmm. uh, and that's something that i notice for myself also like you know i have had like give me like a, a training session of a day and tell me to not touch my phone laptop or have anything digital for me i'm gonna struggle because mm -hmm. i'm gonna struggle to keep attention then uh, and then hold my attention with what's happening because okay. it helps me to, mm -hmm. to to have something to do to have something to to you know keep me a little bit busy so that allow me to to stay switched on and engaged with what's happening mm -hmm. uh whilst other people will see that as being inattentive that's for me a way of, of being extra attentive there okay and i've had situations in prior workplaces where they were like you know don't do that you know it's like and it just made made it much Things harder worse, for right? me to, yeah, to, to, exactly. to, to focus which okay. feels counterintuitive and then it's very helpful if like you know people internally know that mm. So you're not the one having to explain, hey, but actually, you know, it's not me being distracted. It's me, you know, if you have to explain that on the spot, it's, yeah. it's, you're not going to do it, basically, mm -hmm. you know, you're just going to suck it up. Um, whilst if it's like, you know, known and, and you know, uh, um, people uh, will disrespect yeah, it people and, respect and leave it you, you know, do your thing. Yeah. And, 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 and yeah, it's just about that realization mm -hmm. that like what works well for person one might not work well for person two. And being open to that, basically, that that's for me the the, the key takeaway here. Okay. Uh, and it often starts also with a person be able to identify themselves, like you know what what you need to be able to function yeah. better. Mm -hmm. uh, but also for the owners not to be on that person to always like remind everybody, hey, you know, this is how I work. But like you know, for the to be an understanding and openness uh, towards colleagues to um, to be respectful of that and and to try and you know make it work as a team. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest with you. When you told me, it changed also my mm. way. Not, I, I wouldn't treat you differently for sure. But then I understand better. I'm less frustrated. So see, it helps. It helps. It helps. It helps. <laughs> I know it's how about you. Um, so I don't have a system in place. But I don't have a system in place because I decided not to talk about it. So mm -hmm. you know, um, I think I reached a point right before COVID where I was really on the edge. It was very difficult for me to deal with the chronic disease, the stress at work um, and the working hours, let's be honest. Um, and then COVID happened and um, I've been uh, realizing that I needed to take care of myself, that I needed to set boundaries at work, that I needed to develop my own system. Because mm -hmm. I think I was still not ready to talk about it publicly or to talk about, about it with HR or my boss uh, much. So I've set up my own boundaries. We, As you said, Jade, we now have the flexibility to work from home or other places. So I kind of deal with my agenda the way I want. So I attend my client meetings or client calls, of course. But if I decide to um, work early in the morning and stop earlier in the day, I can do it. 
I have now time to properly exercise, go swimming or do yoga. Um, so I feel um, way much more relaxed in the way I work. Um, so in your case, the work-life balance helps to kind of also, you know, with your daily yeah. Absolutely, Symptoms. absolutely, because we all know that stress has a massive impact on your body. You know, it yeah. increases glucose levels. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, there are proof, scientific proof that stress is really bad for you. And so, indeed, I had to find that work-life balance if we can actually find it <laughs> um, to to live a better, more relaxed life at work and deal with that with colleagues. But see, this is interesting. So, so for instance, for you, Jade. This traffic light system works, but then for you, what you need maybe most is the work-life balance rather than maybe a system. Maybe yeah. this is your solution to. I think it's really to it's, work it's well. a very personal decision mm -hmm. what what you need. I think the the system for Jade is working perfectly. I don't think for me it would make a, a, a real difference. For mm -hmm. me, it's really to have the freedom to organize the day I want, uh, the the day the way I want. Sorry, um, um, and and that that makes a that makes an impact for me, a positive impact. That's yeah. great. Thank but you. Maybe yeah. just to, 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 to jump on on what you said about boundaries, um, I think it it's different from one level to the other. Yeah. Um, and that's actually the management team's um, goal to tell you, even if you're an intern, a consultant, a director, no director, whatever, that you can put some boundaries. Um, you're a director, I'm a consultant, so we are not at the same level. But I was told very, very uh, strongly, when you don't have capacity, so capacity maybe for people that listen to us is when you don't have time. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the huge jargon, yeah. Um, but um, when you don't have time or when, for us, when we, I can't work on something because I'm yellow or red, uh, to, to flag it, to say it. I've been encouraged to really put myself forward. Why? Not to put me on the spot, mm -hmm. um, but to, to help colleagues manage their work and just redirect. So for instance, just to, to add up on this, because I think that's more important than just me flagging. I have my supervisor. We have a checkup um, call every Monday for 15 minutes where mm -hmm. he actually tells me, okay, what's your workload this week? How do you feel? Can we just, you know, manage it other ways. Uh, so my colleagues are the, the ones I work with on a daily basis are super aware of my workload. And if I am in a yellow day, I'm like, okay, guys, can't do that. And someone will, will, will say, okay, I'm taking it. It's fine. I had a buffer zone to take it or whatever. So that's also quite important to just be very um, daily, to do daily and, and weekly and monthly checkups. Mm -hmm. um, even if it's if it puts you on the spot, uh, mm -hmm. you, you, that will help your colleagues understand the yeah. workload and help you with it. Perfect, thank yeah, you. And I, I think that boundaries aspect is also very important for just people in general. Yeah. Because uh, um, now we talk about long-term things, but like everybody has ups and downs in life, you know, mm -hmm. both physical, mental, mm -hmm. setbacks, etc. And um, uh, people often hesitate to, to flag it when they're, yeah. they're reaching a certain... Then it gets too far, right? It That's where, exactly. Yeah. And it's far better to, um, you know, raise your hand and say like, hey, you know, 
it's not okay right now. Yeah. Before you hit that wall, down what when you hit that wall. Yeah, exactly. And everyone has already it, been at not, some not point. Good for yeah, anybody, exactly. You know? yeah. It's not even just talking from a personal perspective, but like you know, if somebody hits the wall in the team, that's also hard on the rest of the team, you know. Mm, so and the company. So it, it's it's better in everybody's perspective and like the overall company's productiveness, etc. If people, you know, be are able to to flag, you know, when they need That's to, okay. to exactly. take a step back or, mm-hmm. or or need some extra time or have a workload which is unmanageable mm-hmm. or for some reason can't function 100% because something outside of work is, is weighing on them, you know, mm-hmm. um, it can be whatever, basically. It's true, you know? we're all it's, human beings, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. We need to keep that in mind. Sometimes, and, and you yeah, don't it's leave difficult. That when you arrive mm-hmm. at the door here, you exactly. know, it's... Um, and so for we will be able to flag that and to make sure that that openness is in the company is in everybody's best interest, I think. Mm-hmm. And so as we talk, yet yeah, there are days where it's not going well. Um, let's say you need to take a sick leave or for like last minute sick leave or maybe it's a planned one because, I don't know, you need to undergo surgery or whatever. How does that work? Do you feel comfortable that, you know, you know, asking for those days? You don't feel like, again, you know, putting in the yourself in the privileged position mm-hmm. or you organize probably yourself beforehand to make sure that your colleagues are not overwhelmed as well with work so yeah. how do you usually do that um for me it's quite straightforward i go to paris every three months for a day of medical exam so basically i just take the day i'll tell the team i'm out for a day and that's about it uh but i remember pushing it a bit and i think i went in their surgery like one year ago, one mm. year and a half ago, and I just said to the team, my boss knew, of course, but I said to the team, hey, I'm going, I'm, I'm going to be on vacation. I'm going to be off mm. for a week, like uh, 10 days or something. Uh, bye. And everyone thought I was going on vacation or something. I was just going under surgery in Paris and then, um, uh, yeah, recovering and stuff. I, I've, it's something I would not do it again because I think uh, I think it just um, adds pressure on yourself to actually kind of not lie, but just, you know, hide the truth and pretend everything is right and yeah. you'll just go back at work like you had a great 10, race, 10 days yeah, of rest exactly, when yeah. actually yeah. no. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's okay. And when I'm tired, when the days are not okay, I usually try to work from home. I might take a nap in the afternoon if, you know, I, I don't have mm-hmm. a meeting or a call. Um, so I'm, I, yeah, I, um, I'm, I'm, I'm still not talking much about it, but I'm getting, I've, I hope I'm getting better at it. <laughs> How about you, Jade? Um, so I haven't had to take a long sick leave, uh, yet at touch wood. Um, but when I'm going to the doctors, I'm going every week to a few doctors because I have mm-hmm. an army of doctors. You, you guys know what that is. Um, I just flag it. I say, you know what, docs this morning won't mm-hmm. be online at uh, 11 at home or at the office. No one asks questions. And I've had more <laughs> comments from, from colleagues um, saying, I hope the doctor's appointment went well. Yeah, yeah. If you need to talk, I'm here. They're supportive, basically. Yeah, so yeah. that's great. So barging into the, the little, because we have little um, uh, separate offices. Yeah. Uh, like, oh, let's let's grab coffee. Let's let's chat. So I'm, I'm being really, <laughs> really well uh, 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 treated. So for that, it's it's uh, it's super easy, and I wanted to sometimes not say yet when I'm going to the doctors or doing an MRI, for instance. Mm-hmm. But I was always trying to remind myself, okay, if you don't say yet, they're gonna see that you're gonna have a weird behavior afterwards uh, because it's things that could be quite uh, quite heavy yeah. on you, especially the MRIs. So you have to say it. Mm-hmm. You just have to say it, and whatever. And if someone just is 
not nice with me, whatever. I mean, take my disease, right? You want to take the privileges I have? Take my disease, honey. Go ahead. But it has never happened uh, so far. So That's yeah. great to hear. Philip, is there something you want to add on this question? Um... Or you don't really need, you don't have those needs, do you? No, it's different for me in that yeah. sense. Um, yeah. You're almost alive, like it, it happens while you're at work, right? It's more like yeah, the understanding I, I needs to be there. Yeah, yeah. 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 See, again, I was ADD, I was like trying to remember which question <laughs> did I ask, which question did I ask. It just came back now. No, indeed, like, you know, it, it's, it's yeah, it's, it's different for me. And then I have a question here. It's more specific maybe to you, Anais, because we discussed it before. Um, when you have a chronic disease, sometimes you have medication, right, that you need to take um, on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And sometimes some, some uh, medicine cannot be just stored in a random place. Yeah. It needs to be in a fridge. <laughs> as so how do you deal with that? Because for work, you had to travel to different continents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's great because it's, it was an amazing experience. But how do you deal with, with this then at, at that stage? It's big logistics. Um, but everyone here will know I'm super mega organized. Mm -hmm. So I think that will not be a surprise <laughs> that uh, I can deal with it. But yeah, indeed, it's a lot of um, medicines. I'm, for example, you know, I'm taking like 10 different pills per day. I have injections morning and evening. Uh, and indeed, some of my medicines needs to be stored in a fridge. Um, there's also like material equipment for those injections. Mm. Uh, you know, you need syringes and all of that. Uh, and I've been indeed very lucky to travel for work, you know, to China, Japan, to the US. I mean, it's been amazing. Wow. But first, it's extremely tiring uh, because you get you know, the jet lag the and everything, jet lag, of course. Exactly. Yeah. Usually when you travel for work, it's not to have fun and visit. You know, you need to support your clients on site. And you have the work in Brussels yeah, that yeah, is yeah, waiting yeah. for you, right? <laughs> My emails are peeling yeah. up. Um, so it's very tiring and it's indeed a lot of logistics. Um, um, so honestly, it's a bit of improvisation sometimes. You just have to, to, do, uh, to, do, to do your best. It's... Uh, a lot of planning in advance. Uh, it's also support from the colleagues. I've been uh, traveling with colleagues who, you know, support me as much as, as possible. Um, so the traveling is indeed not always fun. Uh, it's a good experience. I've been very lucky to do it. Uh, but when you live with chronic disease, it has again, a, a big impact on, on, on your health and the, the recovery, actually, when you go back to Brussels yeah. and uh, you have to catch up on the work and uh, you have to recover for another uh, yeah. set of jet lag, is the recovery is very intense, very intense, yeah. Thank you. But still, it doesn't, it doesn't stop you from, from doing no. all of it. So that's <laughs> great to hear. And, and I'm still traveling you know, for fun. Even for fun as well, yeah. That, that we didn't touch on about, touch upon. But yeah, indeed, it doesn't prevent you from traveling for fun or yeah, for business. Exactly. That's, that's great to hear. Um, and then we're coming actually close to the to the end, to the last, let's say, um, section of this of this uh, of this episode. And I wanted to ask a question that is a bit different for uh, for you, Jade, and then for you, Philip and Anais. So let's say for you two, Anais and Philip, if you had to change something in the way you approach things when you first started at FTI, would you, now that you've, you've done it, you've talked about it, do you think you would do it differently? Like if you had to go back and to your, you know, younger Anais and younger <laughs> Oh, you would think, no, actually I was right. I should have, I, I did the right thing. It all depends, basically, because in hindsight, it's easy to say, because uh, like at FDI, there, there's an openness towards it, uh, mm -hmm. especially now. 
I started eight years ago. I'm, I'm not sure if it was the same vibe. Yeah, in that sense it's a different. Yeah, ago. it's a different company as well. Now they're uh, bigger, right? Yeah. And then, like, potentially also with COVID, I think something has also changed a bit. That it unlocked a also bit a lot of flexible. Yeah. Yeah. Like you know, it's yeah. Uh, like also the, the the working remote etc which for me also has been mm-hmm. very good in terms of like you know less distraction exactly. working from home mm-hmm. I, I'm way more productive um, and it's also a bit a case of like you know in my context I'm fine talking about it now but you know if you're starting somewhere new where you're not sure how they'll respond to it. it you might, a bit you might of a do gamble the same sometimes. as you did before, right? It's a bit yeah. of a gamble, so yeah. um, like you don't know how they'll react. Um, and there's not always a good understanding about it, you know, yeah. if they yeah. take it wrong, or like, you know, oh, you're already making excuses, then, you know... Uh, it really depends uh, on the situation, yeah, it depends right? depends on the situation and the person. Um, yeah. But what definitely I think would be, I would do different, is be more open about what works for me, regardless yeah. of why. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because the reason why doesn't always matter yeah. as much, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but if there's certain things that allow you to do your job better, to function better, I mean, it's in everybody's best of interest course. to communicate yeah. that. Uh, you don't always have to explain why. You know, mm-hmm. If you're not comfortable explaining why, don't let that hold you back from uh, uh, being open about what works for you and doesn't work for you. So okay. that definitely, I Is, think I'd yeah. Be, yeah, That's something you would, you would do differently, yeah. 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 And then you are nice. Do you think you? But I, from what I heard, you were already saying during the the session that maybe you should have talked about it. Yeah. So you think you should? You would have done it I now mean, that you've done it. No regrets. Yeah. Like you know, I've I've I was young. I yeah. had like some opinions about what I should say or not say. So no regrets. But I think now I would definitely talk about it just to say, hey, you know, today I'm super tired. Like just I'll take the day. I'll just work from home. And that that's I think I would I would speak about it with the team more openly at the beginning and 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 indeed so people are aware so I would probably talk more openly about it mm-hmm. and there is also for me the question about role models you know mm-hmm. uh, I've been here for for more than six years and um, I'm still looking for role models mm-hmm. because people don't openly talk about living yeah. with chronic disease working you super. Um, fast-paced, stressful environment, um, having ambitions because all the people working here have ambitions in the EU bubble as well. You know, they want to to grow and learn and develop and 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 be promoted and have amazing job opportunities and and reach the top, whatever your definition of reaching mm-hmm. the top is. Um, and I. I'm still trying to find a role model, someone working in that EU bubble. So if someone out there... <laughs> right, <you're happy. laughs> but, but let me say that you guys are now maybe the role models of other, you know, um, younger people or even older. You don't know. Yeah. Maybe they will look up to Who you knows? and say, look, they were brave to talk about yeah. it and also to share their experience, which is great. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But I'm still, I'm still looking for, you know, a, a leader who could mm-hmm. tell me, you can reach the top and still live with a chronic disease and it's going to be okay. If you are there, please contact <laughs> us. And Jade, you chose to talk about it, right? Yeah. So let's say you change a job, you change jobs one day. Um, would you do that again? Or you would take a step back and be a bit more discreet about it at the beginning? Um, I would, I think I would definitely talk about it during the interview process as well. Because mm-hmm. the most important thing is the reaction of the people in front of you. I think that if my boss and my other colleagues would have reacted differently, I don't know if would have if I would have taken the job. Okay. Mm-hmm. They were open, they were um, easy to discuss with, and I will always remember what my boss taught me um, 
it, during our interview, she was she was not even surprised. She was just okay, okay, right? Do you okay. wanna do you wanna talk about it? Can I ask questions? Yeah. Yes, you can. And that's also touching on a point uh, that's very important to for people to understand is when we are open about it. Because when you're not, of course, you don't encourage people to go and ask you questions. But when you're open about it, please ask us questions. We're not mm -hmm. gonna eat you. It's it's complicated to understand. Maybe you don't know how to talk to me because you're like, oh, but if she's yellow, should I say hello that way? Should I say uh, please that way? Mm -hmm. I mean, it, I, I understand that it's quite, we can be seen as something very fragile that can break. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but come talk to us, come ask questions, uh, be yourself. We're not gonna bite you. Yeah. <laughs> you can talk for the truth. <laughs> um, and, and, and just, yeah, just, be curious about it. Yeah. Uh, so dialogue is important. Yeah. Thank, thank you so much to the three of you. Um, I think we can we can take out from this that you know people need to be you know talk about it and not keep it for them for themselves if they have a chronic disease or a disability. But you know choose your way to share that with with your colleagues or you know at work or to your manager, and they will probably help everyone and on the long run. So thank you so much, and uh, we're still looking for the role models. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Annie. Thanks. Thanks. Bye bye. Bye.